Coming Up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Just a quick message before you get there. For the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help us keep going. In 2023, we're asking our community to stay tuned, stay radical. We rely on the generous donations of community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Thanks for your support and happy listening. Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical, community-owned media during our Radiothon. We'll be taking donations online, over the phone and in the station to help keep 3CR going for another year. Fierce, independent community media is vital and we need your support to keep radical voices and issues on the airwaves. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. Call the station on 03 or drop in at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, during business hours. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, and I'm James Whitmore. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where this show is being broadcast from, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. It's pretty chilly out there at the moment and pretty nippy in the water, but today we're going to be hearing about some amazing animals that come to Victoria's coast to get away from the cold. So look forward to that coming up. We need your support here at Out of the Blue to keep bringing you the most important stories about our marine environment. It costs about $50 to make our show, so this June we're asking if you can make a donation to 3CR's Radiothon. Head to givenow.org.au forward slash CR forward slash out of the blue to show your support. We really appreciate every cent. If you're down on Victoria's southwest coast this winter, you might be lucky enough to catch a glimpse of one of our biggest win- biggest visitors. Winter is whale time when southern right whales arrive in the bays across the state and at Logan's Bay at Warrnambool is one of the best places to see them. In the last week or so, the first whales have arrived in Victoria and now researchers who have been studying these whales for the past several decades are heading out to learn more about these amazing animals. I spoke to Casey Stimation from the, from the Victorian government's Arthur Riley Institute to get the latest. Casey, can you set the scene for us? The southwest of Victoria is a pretty amazing part of Victoria's coast. What makes it special in terms of the marine environment? Yeah, so um, it's really a special place for the southern right whales. So um, the Victorian coastline um, is really a a nursery ground for these whales during the winter months. Um, It's the the southern right whale is the only whale that calves and nurses their young on our coastline. So it's it's quite special. Um, Logan's Beach at Warrnambool was uh, one of the the last remaining nursery ground for these whales after uh, whaling ceased. So um, right whales were pretty much uh, brought to the brink of extinction and uh, because they were, they're were so uh, easily accessible because they like to um, come in close to shore, especially the mothers and calves, and spend you know lots of time resting in the shallows, it was really easy for the whalers to to kill all of the females um, in the in one particular area, and so um, 
luckily a few seem to have survived at Logan's Beach and they've ret they return there um, each year. Generally, we, we get about two to three calves being born in the Logan's Beach area. And then over recent years, we've been seeing more um, cow calves being born using areas in other parts of Victoria. So we're hopeful that we're starting to slowly see um, a, a little bit of recovery in the population. Mm. And so can you give us an update on what's happening right now? I believe a couple of whales have arrived in this part of Victoria. Yeah, so it's still pretty early in the season, um, but we have had a few individuals arrive. Um, it's quite common for this year, uh, this time of year for them to, to sort of come for us to get sort of brief sightings um, and for them to move around a bit on the coast. So we, we've got, a, we think we've got about five individuals at the moment. Um, three of those were on the coast yesterday. Um, what happens a lot at this time of the year is we get whales that are heading further west. So there's also a population, a western population that's quite um, a lot bigger than the eastern population. And uh, they will often um, hit the coast around Warrnambool, Portland, Port Ferry, and then continue west to their breeding grounds. Um, so sometimes we get the whales from the west just passing through. Um, but what we're hoping for is that fairly soon um, some pregnant females will turn up and start calving in our waters. And so generally that starts happening late June, early, early to mid-July. We start seeing the calves being born. And can you tell us a bit about this species? They make quite amazing journeys between uh, Australia and Antarctic waters, don't they? Yeah, they do. So they, they feed in um, mid to high latitude. So, yes, yeah, sub-Antarctic right down to um, the Antarctic feeding grounds. They spend um, their summer months there really uh, replenishing their, their stocks, um, getting nice and fat. Um, it actually... Um, for a southern right whale, they will only carve every three to four years, so it can take a long time for them to um, replenish their energies and get enough fat on them to um, be able to, to carve uh, because when they get to the uh, coast and have their calf, they won't feed for the three or four months that they're here. So they've got to have enough in reserve to sustain that, to be able to produce enough milk to feed their, their calves while they're here. Uh, so, um, yes, they do have a long journey. Um, they don't travel quite as far as the humpback whales, which will, you know, go much further north. And so they're built a little bit differently. You'll see that the southern right whales have very um, short um, paddle-like fins, whereas the humpbacks have these really long pectoral fins that are really built for speed and long travel. Um, whereas the right's a bit fatter, not as sleek, um, doesn't travel as fast and as far, but still quite a distance. Yeah. So can you tell us some of the research that's going on with these whales? What are you trying to find out about them? Yeah, so we've had a, a long um, running research program that's been going up for, on for over 40 years. Um, 
because this species is long-lived, they take a long time to carve, so three to five years between calves. Uh, we really need long-term data sets to, to find, to, to um, you know, find any trends in um, population um, dynamics. Um, so what we're doing is we're collect, lucky for us, um, you can identify individual southern right whales by the patterns on their heads. So they've got white patterns on their heads called callosities um, and each whale is unique. And so when we're able to identify individuals, we can track their life histories. Um, we can, we know, um, you know, how often they're coming back to carve, if they're coming back to the same areas. Uh, we can track their movements along the coast. Um, and and just really understand how they're how they're using the coastline so that we can better protect these areas. Mm. And can you tell us a bit about how you do this research? And I understand you've done a you know quite an amazing flight this week looking for these. Yeah. Lines. So it's all about collecting photos of the heads, and so we do um, photo ID flights, so aerial flights um, in a small fixed wing plane. Um, we've just done our first for the season, uh, which was flying the entire Victorian coastline over two days. Um, unfortunately, we didn't pick up any whales along um, this trip, but we're going to be um, spreading that out at monthly intervals over the season. So hopefully next our next trip when we're further into the season we'll we'll pick up some some whales. Uh, we photograph their heads and then we um, catalogue we catalogue them. We've got quite a large catalogue of individuals. So we we um, we matched the photos to previously known individuals or or add them if they're new. Um, the other way that we get our photos, and it's really um, important um, part of our research, is through the community. So um, people on land taking photos of, of whales can send, um, can send their images into us. We've got an online platform called Whaleface. And um, the images that we get from the community are really valuable. So uh, I think in the last few years, most of our, the whales that we've been able to catalogue have actually come in from community sightings. So that's really important. Mm. And so what are you learning about how the whales move and, and their populations? Yeah, so we've, we know that um, at Logan's Beach, the population, the number, the annual number of cow calf pairs hasn't increased over 30, 40 years. So they were still only getting two or three born each year. Um, but what we are starting to see is more cow calves uh, using other areas along the coast. And there's some other areas, there's Wong near Portland, where we um, some years we've been getting quite a number of cow calf pairs uh, using that area. Um, we're seeing uh, numbers around um, Wilson's Promontory um, and that East um, Gippsland area. Um, so we we're keeping track of those areas to see if they become important carving areas or if they're just being used by cow calves um, moving through. 
Um, we've also we've we've sort of long for a while we've known or suspected that the um, females will take their calves on little swims, little journeys, especially at the end of the season to strengthen the calves and get them ready for that big journey back south. And so when, um, you know, we, we had most of our, our efforts concentrated on each, we knew that they would disappear, but we weren't quite sure where they would go to and then they'd turn up after you know, a couple of days they'd come back. But now that we've got more eyes along the coast, we're finding out exactly where they're going to. So um, we know that they can travel at least 100 kilometres either side of their main nursery ground, especially yeah, during the end of the season. And, and last year we had um, one of our regular females called Big Lips um, who took her calf on a journey up to um, Port Campbell and then back in a couple of days. So, yeah, we, we're learning a lot more about how they're using the coast. It's sort of amazing how, you know, I suppose it's because they're quite large and, you know, visible animals that you get to really know the life histories of individuals and must be quite special. Yeah. Yeah, it is quite special and, you know, there's a lot of the locals have their favourites and they have names and the names are based on the, usually, on the way their colossity patterns look. So, um, yeah, Big Lips has got Big Lips. <laughs> so there's two long uh, colossities that run along the jawline that we call Lips. Um, yeah, we've got Big Combing, we've got Odd Lips, we've got Tripod. So, yeah, um it's, that, it's quite special to um, to get to know them and to see them coming back. Uh, yeah, and the, the locals really love it too. I'm chatting with Casey Stamation from the Arthur, Arthur Riley Institute, one of the researchers who is studying the southern right whales that have just arrived in Victoria. More from those after the break. We need your help to keep bringing you stories from researchers and activists who are doing incredible work to protect our marine environment. Head to givenow.org.au forward slash CR forward slash out of the blue to make a donation. It costs $50 to make out of the blue, so your support means more stories with more people like Casey. We're going to go to a song. This is Mariuna by Baker Boy. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR. I'm a proud black younger boy with a killer flow Listen to the year that he listen to it blow For the boys, younger boys, all the way from Anam land Now I go in the lap with that This is Nara, you know, Balan, Dabu, Gurgu Tumur, Irang, and Yamarchiko Napu, Kajate, Napu, Do, Ripu, Go Walla, Mangu, Jim, Argamana, Pamir Ripu, Ripu, Mejiko Babu, Yuna, Marching, and Yago Triggers, mind, blown, surviving, mild Human brain, greatest weapon in the globe Child sustained, education, knowledge is order Standing on everyone's shoulders Teaching yourself as you get older and older Jungle, way of freedom, city lights to 
That was Baker Boy with Mariuna, and you're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio. I'm talking to Casey Stamation all about southern right whales who have just arrived from Antarctica Antarctica to have their calves in the relatively warm waters around Victoria. I noticed we've been talking about um, females and their calves in this area. Where are the males in all this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good question. And and most of the time we only get we only see the um, the females during their calving year. So we also don't see them outside of their calving year. So only a very small population migrate portion of the population migrates each year so where where are they all uh we're, we're not quite sure we do we do get the males turning up though we do we get um the occasional male turning up and harassing the females in the nursery grounds they don't tend to stay long uh we do sometimes get large um social groups and mating groups um so we do see them occasionally but um yeah, it's usually they're, they're pretty fleeting sightings of the, 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 well, we don't actually, we can't distinguish a male from the fe- a female. So we only know that it's a female if she's accompanied by a calf. And yeah, we can assume by some behaviours, um, you know, um, um, when a male is sort of harassing a female. But um, yeah, these these single, unac- we'll call them unaccompanied adults, um, we don't see that often or we don't see them sticking around for very long mm, that's so interesting such a great mystery yeah. um yeah. is, there, is there any like satellite tracking work going on because i know that happens with other whales sometimes yeah there's some not on our population not on the eastern population but there is some pretty amazing uh work going on in new zealand and the southern right whales there and also um in western australia and so um, the main uh, goal of that study is to find out where they're going to feed because it's a, that's a big mystery. We don't really know where they go when they leave our coast. Um, and so they're finding some pretty um, amazing things. But we haven't yet um, put trackers on our population um, because they're, it's quite a small population. So there's only 300 individuals in this population. Um, so quite endangered. And we want to make sure that, um, you know, there's no adverse effects of putting these deep tissue tags in, especially if you're going to tag a, a breeding female. Um, so we're learning from the other studies. And uh, if the if um, it proves that there's no adverse effects from those um, tags, then it's likely that we will, fingers crossed, be able to put some on our fem- or on our whales um, at some point soon. Um, yeah, and so that that would really, you know, fill in a lot of a lot of gaps, but it'll probably also raise more questions than answers. So, oh, um, there are always yeah, more questions. Can- <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
and you can only track a few individuals. Um, yeah, but mm. but we yeah. do we do know from genetics that it seems like they the populations structure themselves in different feeding grounds and different carving grounds. So it's very likely that the whales from our eastern population might be feeding in slightly different areas to the other populations. Mm. You mentioned that Logan's Beach at Warrnambool um, is one of the, you know, the, the last um, surviving breeding uh, carving grounds for these whales after mm. whaling ended in the 70s. I mean, how mm. badly were these whales affected? Oh, really bad. We, it, um, you know, it, it could have been just down to the last few individuals of the population um, that die. So I think, you know, these... There were um, breeding grounds, um, which you know we we know from where the whaling stations were, along the um, southeast coast of um, Tasmania, um, quite a few in Western Victoria, a couple in the east, um, also in New South Wales. So there's definitely lots of areas where these whales were um, breeding, and then um, you know they 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 were pretty much brought to the brink of extinction. So um, it's it's taking them a long, long time to recover. Mm, you mentioned that there's um, a couple of hundred, maybe 400 of this population. Do we have any idea how many there were before whaling came along? Yeah, so there was tens of thousands. So I think the figure is around about 19,000 that were um, killed um, from southeastern Australia um, and I think that might have included some New Zealand whales as well but yes yeah, certainly tens of thousands of, of whales um, and yeah they I think that the uh, southern right whales um, were hunted a lot quicker than the humpbacks so they the southern right whales got protection a lot earlier um, than the humpbacks because I think they realized there wasn't many left um, yeah, just because they were such an easier whale to to kill. Mm. And I guess it's interesting because there's a, um, a bit of talk about how, you know, humpbacks are, are recovering, but it, it, are southern right whales recovering much slower then? Than... Yeah, much slower. So the humpback recovery has been pretty remarkable, um, you know, 10% maximum population um, increase. But um, the southern right whales, we, we think there might be... So just now we're starting the last estimate. We think there's probably um, a two to five percent increase, which is promising. Um, but yeah, I think the 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 main factors that why they've taken so long is because there's probably more of them that were hunted. They um, they don't they take longer to carve than the humpbacks, so the humpbacks can carve every two years, whereas the southern rights are more like three to five. Um, and they have this strong site fidelity, this cultural memory where they like to return to the place they were born to carve themselves. So, um, you know, if all of the females are wiped out from one particular carving ground, that memory is lost. Um, so it takes a long time for the, I guess, the, the whales to be brave enough to ex explore other areas once, you know, places like Logan's Beach get a bit crowded. They've got to go looking for new areas. So one last question I have for you is um, 
what can people do who want to see these whales and and how they how can they help protect them and i mean assist with the research yeah so if you want to see the whales i mean always um logan's beach in Warrnambool is a great spot but really um, you know choose any high vantage point along the coast be, pre be prepared to stand and, and wait for a, a long time but if you are lucky enough to um, see a whale get a sighting if you get a photo um, even better um, if you do get a sighting please log it to uh, on whale face so if you just put whale face in your browser it should come up but the url is whaleface.swift with a double f dot net dot au um, and you can log your sighting there you don't have to have a photo a photo is always good just to um even if it's not going to show the individuals, uh, if, if it's not showing the head, if it just gives us an indication of the species so that we know that, you know, we can confirm that it's a southern right, then that's great. Um, you can also register to, to be part of Whaleface even if you don't have a sighting. So um, you can, we put out uh, monthly whale news. Um, so you can uh, log on to Whaleface and you can read what's happening during the season. Um, there's a sightings gallery, so you can look at what other people are posting. So you don't um, have to have a sighting to join the Whaleface community. Um, we're also asking people if they're out on boats to please be cautious. Um, these whales are very hard to see. They don't have a dorsal fin. They can look a lot like logs. They spend a lot of time, um, it can be in very shallow water and they can spend a lot of time just bobbing below the surface. Um, some people aren't aware that we get whales in so close um, and so they're not looking for them. So, or And other people think, look, you only get them around Warrnambool, um, but we do find these whales at any point along the coast. So we're just asking people to please be cautious when they're boating. Um, and if you do see a whale, slow down to five knots. Um, you must stay 200 metres from the whale. Um, there's marine mammal regulations that you need to follow. That was Casey Stimation from the Victorian government's Arthur Riley Institute, and I've loved learning more about these incredible animals. Hopefully, if we look after our oceans, they'll continue to recover after so many were killed during whaling. Thanks for listening to Out of the Blue. If you enjoyed this show, we'd love it if you could make a donation to 3CR's Radiothon. Head to givenow.org.au forward slash CR forward slash Out of the Blue. Your support not only helps Out of the Blue, but all the other radio radical radio makers at 3CR. And that's all for this week. If you want to listen to this show again or any of our previous episodes, head to www.3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue. We'll be with you again next week. And in the meantime, stay well. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical. 3CR Radiothon, show your support during June 2023. We demand the full restoration of all Indigenous lands and resources, and we demand the immediate cessation of all forms of exploitation and destruction of our land. We're here to remind you of our sovereignty and our original demand from day one. It started with intentional genocide of our people around the round table in England. It's all lies here. Everything's a lie. It's a great opportunity right now to step into 
a sovereign, independent republic. We demand a treaty. We demand our lands back. We demand to stop black death in custody.